Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Everybody thinks that they're super protected with an LLC, right? Wyoming, Nevada. Tell us like the, the dark side of these LLCs. Are they truly bulletproof? No, there's there, there's nothing that's truly bulletproof, especially if it's purely domestic. Like whatever you create, eventually, if you get to a high net worth, like you have over a million of unprotected net worth of assets, you should start adding some sort of offshore component to it because we have what's called the U.S. Constitution Full Faith and Credit Clause. So it's always going to limit anything purely domestic. LLCs, I'm not going to like poo-poo all over them. They're, I use them. They're a foundational level, but there's a lot of things that aren't just being spoken about them. And a lot of people being misled, I think, either intentionally or not, or just from lack of knowledge on what happens in court, like in these things called jurisdiction and legal nexuses, availing yourself of state rights. And that's where this needs to get sorted out. And, and I'm going to pick on California a lot here because it's the most, a lot of people live in California. There's a lot of money in California. I mean, you have a lot of California investors investing all over the state. So I think it's a great example of a state to use. And so I'm going to start with like, I think the big misconception is with charging orders. And what a charging order is, is trying to limit the member of an LLC's legal responsibility to paying a judgment. They're trying to keep it within just the LLC, a court order just within the LLC. And so you hear these states and there's a lot of confusion over where do you go? Do you go to Delaware, Wyoming, Texas? And at the end of the day, it really just comes down to what are you holding? So let's just stick with these, the example of the state I'm talking about. Let's say it's California real estate and you own some California real estate, you're a California resident, and you went and set up a Wyoming LLC because you read it on the internet or your CPA told you to go ahead and do that. What you did is just convert your Wyoming LLC to a California LLC because you're doing business in the state of California. And not only are you going to pay the franchise tax, but if you ever have a liability issue in California, the judge in California is going to apply what law? Like California law, not Wyoming law, because you're resident there, the property is there, the lawsuits coming through there. A California judge doesn't give a you know hoot that you have a Wyoming LLC. There's no legal nexus there. That Wyoming LLC just did a fancy thing called legally availed itself of the protection and laws of California. And so, like I said, that's the state the asset's in, that's the state the injury or the damage occurred in. And this can go for any state. If you had an asset in Ohio and you put it in a Wyoming LLC, it's the same principles that apply. And so I want to harp on this just a minute longer because I do get a ton of calls on this and clients just confused as heck on what they shouldn't stuff into a Wyoming LLC. And it's because just by simply owning an out-of-state LLC, you have to register that LLC is doing business in the other state. Like you have to register it in California and pay the franchise tax. And this is just basic case law. And once you do that and you, again, avail yourself of the privileges and laws of that state and given that state jurisdiction, there's a great case. It's Indian Palms Country Club Association versus Anchor Bank in 2015. And it lays out all the multiple standards, like the legal standards that you'd have to meet to successfully beat a piercing the corporate veil argument. And so if we're sticking with California, now that LLC is registered and paying the franchise tax in California, you just gave California jurisdiction over the LLC, plain and simple. And you're a resident of that state. There's another caveat against you. And then you have a California asset in an out-of-state Wyoming LLC or Delaware LLC, Nevada LLC with no connection to Wyoming whatsoever. 
You just did this fancy word I told you about, availed yourself of the laws of California. And so you just transferred that Wyoming LLC to a California LLC by what's called a direct, substantial, and systemic contact with California. Something I see common, because I always see the tail end of this, especially when my clients work with me in there. What happens most of the time is like the lawyers just going down their check sheet and their sales form and ask the client like, hey, do you want to be anonymous? And then the clients oh. always say, oh yeah, I would like to be anonymous. All right, sign you up for this $1,000 Wyoming LLC, which is also a pain in the butt to upkeep in the future. That's the classic case. And I, I tell my guys like, all right, like how you're saying, it's not truly anonymous, but like anybody who's going to get sued, they're going to pierce right through that. It's just going to make things a little bit harder, right? This day and age, nothing's anonymous. Correct. And that was going to be my next blow up of this whole thing of anonymity. And so it's a big concept, it's a big misconception. And I think that people just think that you can create this anonymous Wyoming LLC. It sounds so cool. Like I can just disappear and ghost a lawsuit. And I'm like, the legal system doesn't work that way. Like one, if you're creating these LLCs, you have to also pay for a registered person like service of agent. And that costs money. Their sole job is to say, hey, congratulations, your LLC just got sued, you're served, go find a lawyer, defend yourself. And then the simple reality is that once a lawsuit's filed and starts and you've been served because you're not gonna avoid the legal service, the legal process starts and there's this thing called legal discovery. And then you're gonna end up going into court and the judge is gonna say, hey, like you're getting sued for $1 million or whatever the law and the number is like, here's an asset declaration, list all of your assets to make sure that there's something that can be collected on. And at that point, you can do one of two things. You list your assets or you lie and commit perjury and say you don't own them or the LLC doesn't own any. And then that's called perjury. You go to jail, you get sanctioned, your lawyers get sanctioned and a lot of bad things happen to you. So there's no such thing as anonymity once a lawsuit starts. Anonymity works in the sense of, I own an LLC, I want some privacy to where someone can't just look up my house residence and go egg my house and harass me because they don't like me. And if they're resourceful enough, they can find all that stuff. I have access to all that stuff. I just use a scraping program and a skip tracing program and I can find where you used to live, what your cousin's name is, where they live, what their number is, what your dad's name. No, exactly. So I, I think that a lot of these firms are just preying on the naivete of a lot of people. And the idea of, oh, wow, so you're telling me I can just become a ghost by creating this anonymous LLC and no one will ever be able to find me. And if I did get sued, I, I never have to respond and show up. Sorry, like you're going to have a default judgment entered against you and you wouldn't even be there to know. And then you're going to end up having to pay the max amount because you didn't even try to defend it. Yeah, along the lines of this anonymity thing is more from a tax perspective. Again, Brian's a lawyer on hand here, but just speaking for taxes, there's this Corporate Transparency Act that got enacted in January, 2021. So now I guess what they were trying to block was people were just making all these random LLCs and none of it kind of points to them personally. And they were <laughs> possibly hiding a bunch of nefarious action or maybe just hiding disproportionate amounts of income and expenses likely was happening as most good business operators try to do to some extent. But now on a lot of K-1s, we have to put social security numbers on there, even if you have an LLC. So a lot of investors have gotten upset with us and it's like, hey man, it's not our fault. We're just following the Corporate Transparency Act. So even now the IRS is like blowing this way. There's nothing that's transparent. There's or, really nothing. And that's where real at, like asset protection for it to work. You want to, you do not want to be not paying your taxes. You're going to have to pay your taxes. Otherwise that's tax fraud and the system blows up. Or you don't want to be committing fraud or fraudulent transactions and things like that. So 
whenever you, you're creating an asset protection plan, it has to be tax neutral. And this whole idea of anonymity and hiding, if you hide assets, that's bad. Like IRS is going to come down on you. Like the, the judge is going to come down on you. So fraudulent transfers after a lawsuit. That's why you have to be proactive when you create these and create them before issues, before problems. These are all the things that you need to think about. Get your system set up as a business structure early and then let it grow with you. But like you said, like even the IRS is cracking down on asset disclosures. So just have a system that's just strong where you don't have to hide. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.